0: a woo a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Smith joining us. He is kicking off our new year in style. Scott, uh, welcome to the program. How are you, sir?
1: Well, I hope you didn't get in too much trouble. You appear to be sober and still at your (laughs) station, so I I guess whatever happened, we'll never know. You managed to
0: skip by. There you go. Now, um, Scott, there is a lot of uh, new things going on in the new year, and I know that there is just a a lot of more interesting people that we can talk about, uh, especially some of the people that you've written about in your columns and also in the book. Um. Today, let's get into it. Olympic athlete and the unlikely event that uh, she she was involved in Jackie Joyner and She was an Olympic athlete. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Jackie.
1: Well, you know, I um, you know, um, incidentally, just uh, for the commercial plug here, um, if you want to know the full story about her, uh, my website is extraordinarypeoplebook.com, and I've got a sample chapter there and. I picked out 21 people, some of them still alive and kicking, and uh, many of them historical. She's one of the living ones. Now, the reason I hadn't written about her for my Investor's Business Daily column is the they require living people to give an interview, not so much the dead ones, and I haven't had any uh, luck with mediums uh, contacting them. but. I could not get her to respond for a column, so it went into the pile of ideas someday if I were to do a book. So that was kind of the genesis of Extraordinary People. and. When I start out to research somebody, whether it's a chapter for the book or the 400 that I've written about for Investors Business Daily, I think I know who they are, you know. We've all heard of Jackie Joyner-Kersey. She was born Jackie Joyner-Kersey was her maiden name, I mean her husband's name, and uh, we know she was an Olympic athlete, and we kind of, that's about the limit of what we know about most famous people if they aren't currently in a reality series or haven't been arrested for cocaine or drunk driving or something. So I started to read about her and uh, was eager to kind of rush through her autobiography. And the deeper I got into her story, as is always the case with these great achievers, the more astounded I was. And she was a much bigger deal and is today a much bigger deal than I think most people remember so uh, for my benefit and your listeners uh, I'd like to kind of go through the highlights of her life and then talk a little bit at the end about some applicable lessons for anybody in any career so just for the record she was born in 1962 and she was named Jackie after Jacqueline Kennedy who was of course the first lady at the time Uh, She is, as most people probably know, African-American. She was born in a really poor, crime-ridden neighborhood of East St. Louis. Uh, They had busted water pipes and, you know, really, really difficult time growing up. Her parents didn't get along. Uh, When she was 10, her father started being absent most of the time because he was working on the railroad, rarely came back. mother was a good influence and got her kids to study really hard and she told them to be polite to people now there's a lesson there we all need to learn bite our tongues when we're ready to tell the boss off or a customer who is misbehaving and uh, she had a pretty strict upbringing she was forbidden to date boys until she was 18 believe it or not and um, she wrote in her autobiography A Kind of Grace my mother outlined a code of contact that would fill this book and strictly enforced it to try and protect us so that was kind of her foundation now she had a, a brother she was close to and he was kind of a budding athlete and she went with him to the rec center and she tried out different things dancing and uh, she was part of a swimming group and blah 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 and while she was there she got interested in uh, running, and a coach took her under his wing because he could really see that she had some potential, and it wasn't obvious because she was kind of a tall, uh, gawky girl, but around 13, she started to win some of these school events, and one day, she saw a long jump sand pit, and she said, could I try that? And I said, sure, go ahead. And she went uh, 16 feet, 9 inches. Uh, This is when she was 16. or No, she was just 12. Um, It would have been impressive for a 16. And so she started getting interested in practicing at home, created her own little homemade pit. And that was kind of the beginning of her road to the Olympics. So um, her coach suggested in 1977 that she... Uh, try out for the pentathlon, so that's five events, long jump, 80 meter hurdle, shot put high jump, uh, 800 meter run, I mean that's a pretty incredible number of things for the National Junior Olympics for a kid to really get expert at, but she went and uh, she she was the highest score for 13, 14 year olds, won the national championship, and uh, would do so for the next three years. Now, then she watched the Summer Olympics in Montreal on TV, got real excited. She was inspired by two women athletes, Babe Didrikson, who uh, won gold medals in 1932 in L.A. at the Olympics. And she was considered the greatest female athlete of the first half of the 20th century. And then she learned about Wilma Rudolph, who had polio as a child, strengthened her muscles, won three gold medals in the 1960 games, and they actually became friends, and Wilma became her supporter as she moved towards the Olympics and uh, really kind of showed her how much determination and practice made a difference. And um, Jackie went to UCLA on a scholarship, played basketball, did a bunch of sports, and then the Olympics were coming, 1984, back to L.A. again, and so she started training for what was called the heptathlon, so seven sports, uh, which includes long jump, high jump, shot put, javelin, 200 and 800 meter runs, and 100 meter hurdles. I mean, you know, when you think about that, those things are so different, I mean, like high jump in the 100-meter hurdles or the javelin, you know, that anybody could excel at the Olympic level and one is really astonishing. But she started training. She took off um, 1983 to put in 12 hours a day, six days a week to train. She had an assistant coach, Bobby Kersey, who became her husband eventually. And, um... So they started training, and uh, her brother Al was also training, and he got married to Florence Griffith Joyner. So um, the uh, Al's last name attached to her, so that's why you often hear about Jackie Joyner-Kersey and, and Florence Griffith Joyner, so that was their relationship. So anyway, um, went to the 1984 Olympics. Um, it was kind of a difficult time because the U.S. had boycotted the 1980s um, Olympics in Moscow because of the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. And um, anyway, there's still a lot of great contenders from all over the world. Um, Jackie had an injury, and um, she did uh, pretty well. Her best sport was the long jump, and uh, it was uh, really, really close. And... In order to win the heptathlon on points, her husband and coach calculated that she needed to finish the 800 meter run at least uh, no worse than 2.13 seconds behind the leader on points. And she finished like three hundredths of a second too slow to win the heptathlon. She uh, was just five points short out of 6,385 points. So you talk about competitive. She got the silver. And uh, so that's kind of how she leapt to fame as superwoman. uh, And uh, she kept winning uh, the Goodwill Games and other international contests over the years. she went to the, to, um, the world championships in uh, rome in 1987 but as they began towards the um, olympics in 1988 in seoul south korea she began having asthma, asthma attacks and she really had a difficult time trying to overcome it because the primary asthma medication would show up like a steroid in her blood, and therefore, yes, yes. she uh, <laughs> you know, you can imagine. I, I, th- I think most people know that there are a lot of things that mimic. Steroids or banned uh, stimulants, and they can be perfectly natural. Uh, This is where there's a big gray area in sports, and so back then, in 1988, there wasn't that much understanding about it, and she had to really suffer to try to train, and there were a lot of ugly rumors about her using steroids and probably put out there by her competitors. Anyway, so um, she... uh, She uh, did pretty well, and uh, then she kind of went into semi-retirement, and uh, then uh, the 1992 Olympics happened in Barcelona. She won the gold for the heptathlon, the bronze for the long jump, and anybody else by that time who would have five career medals would think, you know something, I'm going out at the top, I'm retiring now, but she wanted to try Um, Once more, at least in the U.S. and World Championships, the mid World Games, won uh, a number of medals. And her final Olympics ended up being in 1996 in Atlanta. She had to withdraw from the heptathlon because of a hamstring. But in her very, very last jump, for the long jump, in the Olympics, um, she was still suffering from the hamstring first two attempts were very weak. She finally made her final leap. It was 22 feet, 11 and three quarters interest, earned the bronze. So she ended up uh, with a lot of different kinds of medals, and she's still alive and kicking today doing a lot of charity work. And one of the things that comes out of this is this. For, for everybody you know we all have some talent whether you know it's being a writer a broadcaster uh, maybe uh, a techie whatever it is um, greatness doesn't come on natural talent you really gotta hone it you know when you've been doing something for five or ten years Uh, like you and I, James, have done, or like she did, then you start to see the difference between being kind of at 95% and 100% of your capacity. And that takes a lot of practice, pushing yourself, pushing the boundaries. And um, I've noticed in the people I interview and talking with great CEOs that most people, whether they're entrepreneurs or employees, They really get to a point where it's too much effort to become great, and they can kind of glide along on an A minus, do really well without the effort. And she's one of those who simply did not accept limitations, her illness, her disabilities. She kept pushing, kept trying to push. The limits. And so the bottom line is whatever natural talent that you think you have, you can improve, you can get better, your results can always be improved. So I think those are kind of the lessons that we can uh, bring into our own careers from Jackie Joyner-Kersey's.
0: Well, uh, we've got Scott Smith with us today. Now, Scott, before we wrap up here, um, we've, we've got we've got five or six minutes here. Um, let's let's uh, let's promote and let, let's do our best here to kind of give everybody a little bit of a preview on uh, the God Reconsidered book. It's going to be out very soon. We're definitely <laughs> going to have you back here on the program where we have a longer segment with you and uh, do, do a big full blown interview with you on this. But uh, how, how's this uh, coming along now that this is getting? to be out here about the next month or so
1: yeah i'm glad you asked because (laughs) i've been talking about this since i thought it was going to come out in uh july and of course we did one short show on it and um i'm i'm hoping uh, i finally i went back to the publisher who published uh, extraordinary people and uh, he was really interested in it because he he kind of ties together not just business success Uh, psychology, personal health, and and spiritual stuff. So that's where this kind of fits into the niche. Now, this is unlike, I think, any book that is out there on the subject of religion or atheism because I've read a lot of the best-selling books on these subjects. I think they all have their merits. Uh, the, The... Skeptics about the supernatural and God have some good arguments that I think are worth taking in. And likewise, I've had my own spiritual experiences and I've done quite a bit of writing about religion and spirituality and so forth and I've done a lot of research on the supernatural. And of course, most of what you hear about, whether it's reincarnation memories or UFOs or wherever, is... Uh, isn't really grounded in much evidence or reality. However, um, the fact that most of it isn't doesn't mean that there's not some validity to it. So what I did in God Reconsidered, and there's a website for this already called godreconsidered.com, and I've got a chapter or two up there for people Look at, and they can sign up for my little newsletter and I'll announce when it comes out. But the difference between this book and the others is, is essentially this. I tried to tackle all the deep and great issues about religion, which is, what is the purpose of life? Why is there so much suffering? And I don't think that the answers provided by the major religions are adequate. Yes, you can learn some lessons from suffering and misfortune and adversity, that's all fine but you know you can't say that the uh, six million Jews who were killed in the Holocaust either had it coming because of karma that they were working off or that they learned some good lessons and it was worth getting killed over I think that all religions, you know kind of when they give these simplistic answers, I think that it just doesn't work. So I've tried to come up with better answers, and I've shown in the book, I think pretty convincingly, why uh, these standard answers don't work. So as soon as I got a review copy, James, I will send it to you, and we'll have one or two pretty stimulating discussions at that time. Oh, yes, definitely. And there there are, <laughs>
0: they are a few... Um, uh, religious folks that we have on this broadcast from time to time that I would love to have you come on and chat with them about the talk yep. too because I, I think it would make for yep. a very interesting discussion. I'm um, <laughs> Well, I knew you would be. <laughs> Scott Smith with us today here on the broadcast. Scott, have yourself a, a great week and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Will do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Scott Smith with us today. We are going to take a time out top of the hour time coming up